and I'm gonna bring some guests up to help me today. I'm so glad that you're here, every single one of you. And we're gonna have them come up and share here in a few moments, but I wanna start by telling you probably the most impactful experience that I had, and I just wanna share from my heart, as the father of this house, as your pastor, I think it's important every once in a while to take a step back and let me narrate what we're going through as a family. Is that all right? So today I knew that we would have an equivalency of a ministry hangover, if there is such thing. My wife says there is. By the way, that word that you dropped was elite, next level. So good. I'm still chewing on that word. I mean, I was like, how blessed are we that we have that in our house? I also want to say, I've been going around to different leaders and saying this. I want to say it publicly. For as much as I love Jenny Weaver, if she's watching, hey, what's up? Uh, for as much as I love Apostle Ryan Lestrange, oftentimes in church cultures, we honor more those who come from the outside than we do, do those who are in our house. And I want to let you know, whether it's Steph Haas and, you know, Kevin and whether it's Bree, whether it's him, those are the all-stars of our house. And I believe they're due double honor here in our house. I believe that they're due double honor. We love you. You're our rock stars. You're our celebrities. You're, you're the ones that we honor. We care for you. You're the best. You know, if you guys know anything about me as a pastor, the only reason why I, buy, I bring a Jenny Weaver is to show you what's possible for you. It, it, because, and I love them. Matter of fact, I, I sent some voice memos this morning because, um, you know, listen, I'm crazy. And I'm, I've always been like just wired. I'm for, uh, I'm wild. I've always been this way. People are like, you're gonna burn out. I'm like, it's been decades. I'm still not burnt out. I'm just crazy. I don't know if I have a genetic mutation or something because I, I wake up in the morning with something bubbling in my belly. I have an anticipation and excitement. Um, I, I think of the scripture that, you know, the message translation of it is waking up each day, you know, um, with this glorious adventure saying, what's next, Papa? And so I oftentimes wake up. So last night was awesome, but I woke up this morning. I'm like, what's next, Papa? What are you going to do, God? And so I just wanted to be a little devious. So I sent a message to Stephen and um, Jenny, the Stephen's her husband. And I said, get up, get up, get up, get up out of your bed. Get up, get up, get up. And then I went over to Apostle Ryan Lestrange and I sent a voice memo. Get up, get up, get up, get up out of your bed. And Jenny responded, but not, not Apostle Ryan. I don't think he was entertained. I think he was like, no, I'll stay in bed. I rebuke you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, you guys are amazing for coming out today and, and being so faithful. But I wanted to share something from my heart, really, is um, I had a moment when it was at the end of Apostle Ryan Lestrange's message, and the glory of the Lord was just saturating this place. Did you guys know what I'm talking about, that particular moment where you could like feel things getting heavier? And all of a sudden, I just started weeping. And the intensity of it increased more and more and more. And it wasn't like an emotional cry. You know, sometimes you cry because you lost a loved one or you cry because you're upset about something emotionally. It didn't feel that way. It felt like a spiritual cry. So I was just yielding to it in that moment. And I began to cry more and more and more. And then all of a sudden it was like, I started to see this vision. It was like a movie of my life of the last six years. 
because six years ago, my wife and I, we moved to New York to launch V1 Church, and I, and I thought about all of the tests that had to be passed to get to the moment we experienced last night. And I really wanna kind of bring you behind the scenes. Can we do like a behind the scenes Sunday? Because I think when you see the, don't make the mistake of thinking that what happened happened because of the sound system and the lights or because of how well Jenny could sing. I can tell you that Jenny, it's what you're actually feeling is the accumulation of the number of of tests that she had to pass to garner the authority to be able to carry what she carries. And because there's somebody who could sing just as much as, you know, if it was just about singing perfect pitch, come on, then it would become a performance. But it's about these acts of obedience that accumulate to carry the weight of influence and authority in the kingdom. Did you know that Jesus was tested? Homie, you think you're going to get out of it? Matter of fact, if you read the scriptures, and we, it actually says that when Jesus went into the wilderness, he was tempted by the devil, and he did not fail those temptations, but rather he clapped back with the word. That's my, my translation. He clapped back with the word. But then it says when he came out from that wilderness experience, he spoke with a new authority. If Jesus after not yielding to temptation, but passing tests can speak with a new authority, then how much more us, as we begin to pass tests, can actually see higher realms of authority? Do you believe that? And so I say that because last night I was crying, and I'm gonna bear my heart with you. For the last six years being out here, I've um, I felt very misunderstood. And I've, I feel like there's been people who have never even attended V1 Church who've talked about it, blogged about it, made Reddit posts about it. And it's funny because all the meanwhile, our family sold everything to move out here. We live in a 600 square foot apartment in the city and we're just faithfully serving. And for years and years, you know, many of you guys see me now, but I was the load-in team and it was me and Evan and just a few other people and, and we were growing the team and I would actually come in at five in the morning and I would be completely soaked in sweat um, and, and just have dust and debris and dirt as I was hooking all this equipment up and then I would go take three or four minutes and I would change my clothes and then come back out and minister just like how we minister every Sunday now. And, and I have to say that I don't say that to gloat. I don't say that out of pride. I just say it, when I was in that moment of just weeping, it was almost like the accumulation of six years of saying, God, I, I you said it. <laughs> I believe it, and now I'm living in the reality of it. And despite being misunderstood, talked about, mistreated, abandoned, I'll be honest, there's a lot of pastor circles in New York City and Long Island I didn't get invited into. And I would, they would ask me questions about my theology, and I would tell them, I believe that Jesus still heals. I believe that demons need to be cast out of people. That work never ceased. I be, Come on, somebody. I believe that... Um, and I'd begin to explain it and say, okay, cool. And then I wouldn't get the lunch invitation next week. And I say that because, and this is, I want to father you on Father's Day through this experience. There was a temptation to become bitter. Do you know that you could be anointed and be bitter? Do you know that you could be gifted and be bitter? Do you know that you could be powerful and be bitter? I, I said, I gotta learn from the life of Joseph 
who sat second in command over Egypt. He had been elevated despite the murderous attempt on his life. And when he finally saw his family again after all those years, he said, what you meant for my harm, God has turned around for my own good. And I, I'm not gonna be bitter. And so I say this to you, and this is me trying to father us through revival. The same power that we experienced yesterday at the conference has just as much of a capacity to turn you into a calloused, bitter, powerful, anointed, gifted person. Because when you hear about how your friends don't believe it, how they don't think it's from God, it could turn your heart in that moment into a heart of bitterness. Because what happens is we come out of conferences or we come out of services like this and we tell our friends, man, God's doing amazing things. It's gonna be awesome. And when they're not as joy-filled as we are, there's a temptation. And so I just feel an obligation today. I feel an obligation as your pastor to help you sustain this move of God because the way you're gonna sustain it is by saying, I don't care if you don't get it. It's still real. It's still for you. I'm gonna still keep believing for you. You may not believe it now. You may not receive it now, but if Jesus can encounter Saul on the road to Damascus, I know that you're on a collision course with destiny and God's gonna encounter you and if you don't ever get it, I'm thankful that I've got spiritual family because I've been engrafted into the family of God. And so when you say, I'm not gonna be bitter, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna be fully engulfed in the fire of the Holy Spirit, but have the compassion of Jesus in my heart. Because you got too many Christians that have the fire but no compassion. And you know what's gonna sustain us through this revival tour and all this? It's just saying, <laughs> I don't care if you don't get it. <laughs> like, like we said, ain't nobody mad but the devil. <laughs> and so guess what? Let's keep joy, the joy of the Lord. Let's keep that in front of us at all times. And don't let anything rob your joy. Because when I was weeping, I said, Lord, I've faced so many tests. I've had people who gave financially, and they gave a lot. And they said, Pastor Mike, why don't we do church this way? Why don't we pull you in this direction? And I remember being faced as the pastor with those temptations and saying, no, you cannot change or alter the vision of this church with your tithe because your offering does not give you voting rights on the plan of God. I know what he showed me to do. We're going to steward your money wisely, but you can't pay for your version of the church. And some of those people left the church. And I was thinking about those things over the years. I was thinking about how people tried to uh, try to get in, but I'm telling you, the Lord is faithful. If you will stay the course, stay the course. So this is kind of like the behind the scenes today. Um, it's, it's a behind the scenes because what I believe that God is doing in you is strengthening your resolve. Do you feel that? Strengthen. There's a difference between hardening of heart and strengthening of resolve. Keep your heart soft, but strengthen your resolve. Does that make sense? I'm gonna stay in the posture of humility and compassion, but I'm gonna become even more radical about what God is going to do, and I'm not backing down. Because again, I just tell you, that God is gonna use you to do great and mighty things in this next season. God is gonna use you to do great and mighty things. Does anybody believe that? That he's gonna use you? That he's gonna use you? So what I want you guys to do, we're gonna share some stories from yesterday. 
And these stories are gonna actually really encourage you. And we're also gonna speak into some things. So can you guys just uh, come on up, um, those, those of you who are gonna speak today, and it's gonna be powerful today. How are you guys feeling? Are you feeling all right? Come on down. Let, come on, can we put our hands together for them as they come up? I'm gonna start with my friend Kobe. And um, God's got a powerful word for you to release over our house. And I believe that this is also going to be a powerful prophetic moment as well. So why don't you tell everybody who you are, where you came from? And because there was really, we got together in Midtown Manhattan a couple of days ago. And you released this word, and it was so powerful. And I feel like there's an opportunity. So I want to give you a couple of minutes. No restrictions. Do what's in your heart. But tell the people who you are. Perfect. Well, I'm Pastor Colby Meyer uh, from Portland, Oregon. And uh, yeah, shout out to Portland. If you've ever been to Pacific Northwest, come through, say hi. But um, we just planted a church called Bloom this last September. So we're a new Bible-believing, Jesus-loving, people-serving church. And uh, we want to see Portland, all of Portland saved for Jesus. Amen. So um, yeah, a couple, a couple days ago, I think it was about four or five days ago, uh, had this vision, had this revelation. And I was just sitting in my room, lying on my bed. And uh, I, I saw there was there was this heartbeat, and this heartbeat, there was a syncopation in the body of Christ, a syncopation, and it was a heart flowing, this heart beating, and the heartbeat was coming from New York City. It was a heartbeat, and there was harmony from New York City, and I could feel the heartbeat in Portland, Oregon. I could feel the heartbeat, and so when there was blood and life pumping from New York, I felt it, I felt the syncopation, I felt the rhythm, I felt the unity, I felt the harmony, I felt like what was happening here was impacting everything that was happening over there. I felt like there was a powerful, and it was starting in New York City, it was starting from this sovereign move of God that would flow and ebb from New York, and it would go all over, and I, I saw this as the heart was pumping, right, and it was pumping blood into every member of the body. You understand what I'm saying? It was pumping member into every arm, every leg, every ligament, every toe, every tendon was getting nutrients, was getting this lifeblood that was coming from a sovereign move of God in New York City. So I said, what happens here is going to fundamentally impact what happens all over. So I want you to encourage you as you go out from this place, right, share the lifeblood of Jesus Christ. Share the gospel. Let the gospel go with you wherever you go. Be bold about the gospel. Be courageous about the gospel. Allow that right, to influence and go wherever you go because people are going to feel it. There's going to be a revival across this country because the lifeblood, what's happening in this city is influencing everywhere else. Come so, on. Yeah. Do oh. this. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so after, yeah, 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 yeah. Go get this one. So, We're flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the, uh, after the service, a, a young gal came up to me and uh, she, she showed me a, a note that she had taken on her phone from August 26th of 2018. And this is what it read. New York has a beating heart. Like the Grinch, it starts to grow. We are going to build up leaders and send them out just like the blood pumps blood throughout the body. We're going to be the heart of Jesus on earth. What once was dead is now alive. Amen? Come on. God knows it. God knows it. So good. So oh, okay, good. come so on. Good. I'm now I'm all fired up. See, if you're really in the spirit, you can read each other's minds. I don't know if you know. I'm just kidding. Hey, no, no, stay up, stay up, stay up. I want to do this again. So Bloom Church. How many of you love that church name, by the way? Bloom Church. So cool. You know, I am so honored 
that you would come all the way across country really yielding to what the Holy Spirit spoke to you. And we didn't do this last service. I wanna pray for you um, because the other thing is this. When I, I, I'm first-generation pastor, Nobody knew who I was. I literally parachuted, parachuted into uh, New York, and I just had a small team of 18 people. And so, and so six years ago, we only just hit our fifth birthday in April. I don't know if you guys know that, for those of you. So like fifth birthday. In five years, we went from one campus, we had three campuses like locally, regionally before the pandemic. Now we've got Indiana who's joined with us right now. And then we've got global online everywhere. And, uh, and I say that because I believe in impartation so much. I wanna make this a powerful moment. Now, let me explain impartation to you. It's, the Bible talks about by the laying on of hands, a distribution of anointing and gifts. When I was being commissioned to plant this church, uh, the organization that I'm with, they, they're linked international network of churches, they're called. They, they were gonna do um, an impartation moment for us. And that means somebody was gonna come and lay their hands on Julie and I and pray for us so that way we could step into New York and fulfill our call. The guy that they had to pray for us, he had only planted a couple of church, churches for whatever reason, he was like in the bathroom or something, and there's like a thousand pastors in this room, and he said, and the, the main guy, the MC or whatever, you know, the guy over the service was like, where's so-and-so, he's not, here's not, you know what, bring this guy instead. And the guy that they had was this prolific church planter, I think he was from India, who had planted literally thousands of churches. Thousands, like plural. And so it was like in the last moment, there was a switch of, of my impartation in the last moment. And so then when we came here, it was like we started launching a campus every year. And all these pastors in this region, like we've never seen anybody come to New York and just start launching campuses like this. And then obviously we have Indiana and we've got the, all these places all over the world. And so I believe that I received an impartation for multiplication. So I wanna pray for you and I wanna impart multiplication because I, I, and I waited because I know this is our last service, but you came and I believe you were to come to receive impartation as well. That was, ex that was exactly it. That's exactly, actually I saw that. I saw that. I saw that there was, what was happening here, I was receiving it and going back and it was like this, this cycle. I, I received it and came back and then imparted what I received over there. So whatever I received here over there and so there was like this cycle. I received it and I was sent out and gave it over there and ministered and distri distributed over there. It was just a powerful thing, so receive that. Yeah, yeah. I just gotta be obedient. Is this all right, guys? We're gonna keep sharing, but. This is, this is Dean Anderson, and he's a pastor here at V1 Church. And this is Papa Dean. Um, now, he came in as my stepdad, but people, you know, they would never know because this is my dad-dad. How many of you are thankful for step-parents that come in and say, I'm gonna be realer than any real parent you ever had? But I, I have you here for a reason because I want to give you something I'm just seeing in the spirit. I believe that the Lord is going to cause this multi-generational movement to start happening in your church. And I believe he's going to bring generals 
that actually are going to come alongside of you and hold you and strengthen you. It's gonna be connected to financial resources. It's gonna be connected to influence and authority. But, but don't think it's strange. When you see them, it's gonna be a multi-generational movement and it's actually gonna fulfill like the, the prophet Joel, I'm pouring out my spirit among all flesh. But the thing is, the, the sign, and some of them were even former lead pastors, maybe there's one or more, but their season was over and they're gonna come and submit to you and say, I submit to your authority, I, I submit to you. And they're gonna just like, I see you just being lifted up by the hands of those who have gone before you, even within that region. You know, this is crazy because we've been praying for to become a multi-generational church. We're mostly between 20 and 30 years old. We're a young adult church, and we've realized that we're lacking the mentorship and the guidance and the wisdom of the older generation because the young people can't do it on their own. They need leaders, they need mentors, they need guides, they need people to disciple them and grow them in their faith. And so because we're praying for it to become a multi-generational faith so we can stand on the shoulders of the giant that came before us. So. Okay, so he represents a sign. I'm gonna tell you why. I gotta bust you out to do this, but I love you, Dad. <laughs> so Dean said, I'll never go to New York. Because now let, me, now let me give you honor. Let me give you honor. This place is crazy. <laughs> he lived in Indiana. I mean, you had two motorcycles, Harley Davidson, like, you know, my mom was shredded up. She drove, rides a motorcycle. Of course, you can all see it. Um, and they had their retirement home with the teak wood floors, fully remodeled. And you had an entire life that you built to get to retirement to joy, enjoy your life. And so he just said, son, we love you, but we're not going to New York because we've, this is our life. And all of a sudden I had a dream. And in the dream, the, the, uh, Dean, Dean had a choice and, and it was a crossroads and one was Indiana and one was New York. And it is almost like a river where in a river forks. And, if, and the Lord said, if he chooses New York, there's gonna be a supernatural extension on his life, which is a crazy word. So now I'm burdened with this. We're like, I gotta call Dean. And I, because I'm very against spiritual manipulation. And so I hate giving words like that, but I'm also accurate. And so I was like, I know when it's the Lord. So I go to call him and um, he's like, well, hey, I said, Dean, there's something I gotta tell you. And he's like, well, wait, before you tell me, I got a word from the Lord. And he said, the river runs east. And he said, I know I said I wasn't going to New York, but I'm selling the house, I'm selling the Har Harley Davidson's, and the river runs east. And I said, but I'm gonna tell you why this is connected to you in a second. And he goes, what did you have to tell me? I said, nothing, <laughs> nothing. I said, well, man, you know what? I only gave you that, the, the, the good part. I said, there's gonna be a supernatural extension on your life because of this act of obedience. And so they downsized, no Harley Davidson's anymore. No, <laughs> um, but, but, but what it was is my whole team was young. So you were a sign because I said, God, this is what I said, God, if it's not multi-generational, it's not of you. And I said, God, and I said, I don't know what to do to draw the generations, but I, it's only young people are responding. And so I, I, I believe that. And it was like, he was the sign. That's why I felt like you were supposed to be here. So I want to pray for you. And then I, you've got his back and I want you to just be behind him because it's a, it's a spiritual that, that the older generation has your back now.
Church, just stretch your hand here. V1 Indiana, you represent multiplication as well. And so, Father, I just thank you right now from the top of his head to the soles of his feet that there's a designation of the anointing right now for multi-generational movement, multi-generational wineskin. Father, I just release the oil of multiplication. I feel it coming down upon you right now. You will multiply. You will multiply. Fruitful, fruitful fruitful, fruitful, fruitful. The Lord says that you've been faithful to go deep, but now you're going wide. You've been faithful to go deep, but now you're going wide, 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 wide. The Lord says that there's going to have to be many adjustments to accommodate it. The Lord says that you know how to feed a family, but I'm going to teach you how to feed an army. You're going to have to get out different kinds of pots and different pans. You've been faithful to feed a family, but you are going to have to learn how to feed an army because the old oil of multiplication is coming upon you right now. And tell your leaders, send them this word. Get ready to be inconvenienced. Get ready to break the nets. Don't be mad that the nets are breaking. Be glad that fish are coming in to a degree you've never seen it before. Don't get sidelined. Don't get distracted. Don't be mad at the pastor. Be glad that the master of the field of harvest is causing the harvest field multi-generational to be released. And Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. You know, I texted him early this morning and I was like, get up, get up, get up, <laughs> get up out of your bed. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, hey guys, we're running out of time, but I want to, I want to, um, open it up now because, you know, we've seen some incredible things. I don't know if either one of you want to share kind of what you see God doing, God doing in this house, God doing through God, his people. Yeah. Um, I just feel the anointing of God so strong. I just, I just believe what was here yesterday has just showed up right now. But um, it's interesting you said that because as I was even in worship, the Lord was like, get on your knees and humble yourself. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I'm trying to put you in the posture to be able to receive what I want to release over this house. So I just want to um, read this. I wrote it down. So I just want to just release this over this house. So wherever you are, even if you're not a part of this house, I believe there's still an impartation just to be able to take this to wherever you are. So just go ahead. And even for those of you watching online, just go ahead. I believe there's no distance in the spirit. Just go ahead and lift up your hands wherever you are right now. And the first word that I heard the Lord say was elevation for this church. And it's so interesting because as I was on my knees in worship, I went into a vision and I saw you guys digging through a tunnel. I saw like the labor that you guys had been doing through prayer and hard work and fasting and all these different things. And the Lord was showing me that there are wells that you have dug for this city that are going to go so deep that it's not just going to be for you guys and your movement, but for the generations to come after and after and after and after. Um, but the Lord did give me this warning. It say persecution will come. You know, there will be the religious. There will be the, those who say, oh, it shouldn't be done this way. It shouldn't be done that way. But then the Lord took me to Acts. And as he took me to Acts, he showed me that the more the persecution came, the bigger the church got. 
So the Lord says that even as this persecution begins to come, you're going to begin to see expansion like never before. I'm even seeing right now that there's been, since a child, there's been this desire really just for a crusade on your heart. And the Lord says he will bring that to pass. Um, the other thing the Lord was just saying is he was just really just showing me, and I've seen this ever since I got here on Friday, that I just really feel oneness here. There's just so much unity here. I believe in the body of Christ right now, a lot of different movements are adopting this mindset of, of individualism, but it was never supposed to be that way. We were supposed to be one bind, right? Paul says, some of the ears, some of the eyes, some of the mouth, but at the end of the day, we are one body and Jesus is the head of the church. So right now, I just want to just, just release this right now over this, just this church and this atmosphere we're in right now. God, I just pray, God, Lord, let a greater anointing begin to flow, God, in this room, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every hand that is lifted, God. Lord, I thank you, God, that today, God, that we came, Lord, not just for just another hype event, but I thank you that there's an encounter, God, that you have for us, oh God. So Lord, I just pray that you'd bless each and every single one of them, God, in Jesus' name, God. Lord, let there be a fire. Lord, Jeremiah said the word of the Lord was like fire in his bones. So Lord, let just be a fire, God, that we just leave with God. And I thank you, God, that we will never leave the same, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I just wanna invite you to stand up right now. I don't know if you're catching this, but there is so much uh, what the Lord is doing prophetically that's overlapping for confirmation. And I, I, as soon as you, right before you said unity and one, I just thought, I, I heard the Lord say unity, one. And so I wanna invite you to grab your neighbor by the hand. We do this at my church. We get a little rowdy at our church too in a different way, but I wanna invite you to be bold. I want you to grab your neighbor by the hand. What we're gonna do is we're gonna do this because if you don't catch the, the importance of unity, Pastor Mike, there's only one place I found in the Bible, one, where Jesus himself specifically tells us how the world is gonna know who he is. In John 17, he says, Father, make them one as you and I are one in order that, so that, so this happens and then something else is gonna happen. So that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. So why do you think this world is so divided right now? Because the devil's working overtime because he knows division is the opposite of the kingdom. So when we're one, something happens. So this is what I wanna do. Uh, you guys can start playing. I wanna invite you to pray for the people on your right and your left. Like everything depends on us. So just right now, I wanna, I wanna invite, and now everybody's gonna pray out loud so it's not gonna be awkward. I want you to take 30 seconds right now and pray for the person on your right. Come on, lift your voice right now in faith. Give the person on your right a prayer of faith. Pray for them with everything that's in you. Lord, we lift up the one on our right. We commit them to you for all of your ways and all of your purposes, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in their life, in their family, in their kids. We stand with them, we love them, we commit them to you in Jesus' name. Switch over, pray for the one on your left right now. Switch over, pray for the one on your left right now. Give them a good prayer of faith. Come on, pray for the one on your left. Everybody, wherever you're at, join in all over the world. Pray for the people that are in the room with you right now. Lord, we lift up the one on our left to you. We commit them to you, God. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in their life. We stand with them. Whoever they are, wherever they come from, whatever their background is, we stand with them in Jesus' name. All right, I wanna do one more thing. If you, quiet down. 
Keep holding the hand of your neighbor next to you. Keep holding their hand. I want to invite you to close your eyes. I feel led by the Lord for this. There's so much impact and, and powerful, things, powerful things that can happen in, in churches like this. And there's so many beautiful things that take place in big rooms when the saints come together. But I really felt like from the Lord, and we talked about this yesterday, that one, one potential negative thing that can happen is that sometimes if we're not clear, we, people think that because they're in the room, they're automatically on a ship. And I just have to let you know that there are no grandkids in heaven. God doesn't have grandchildren. He has sons and he has daughters. And I grew up in church. When I was a kid, I had a drug problem. My parents drugged me to church. And for me, that was a problem. And what can happen when you get drugged to church your whole life, you just think, oh, I'm a Christian because I've been in church my whole life. But listen, just because you go to Starbucks every day, your life doesn't make you a barista. And so I just want to give you this opportunity. Would you, just, would you just close your eyes? Keep holding the hand of the person next to you. I want to ask you. It doesn't matter that your grandma's religious. It doesn't matter because you've been in this church under Pastor Mike and Julie. I want to ask you this. Do you know that you know that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Put it like this. If somebody's sitting on the throne of your life, who is it? Is it Jesus or is it you? Are you saved? The Bible says this, it's not about your sin or your lack of sin. It's not about your, how, how, how good you've done in religion and following the rules. It's not about us following the rules. It's not about our perfection. We're not perfect, Jesus is. He died on the cross. He was buried and he rose from the dead for you. The, the only way that we could be saved is not by coming and being in church, getting in the conference, being here forever, sitting in a seat. It's by grace through faith. And so I wanna ask you, have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you repented and given your life to him? You, not your mom or dad, not your grandma, not your pastor. And so I just wanna simply ask you right now, if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus in faith, this is your moment. And so if that's you, you say, I need to give my life to Jesus either for the first time or I've walked away, I'm a prodigal, I, and I, I need the Holy... Listen, this is not a preacher speaking to you right now. If your heart is beating and your stomach's turning, it's because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And so I just want to simply ask you, every head is bowed, every eye is closed in here. If you know that right now you need to surrender your life to Jesus, you want Him to be the King of your life, I want you to squeeze your neighbor by the hand right now. Just squeeze your neighbor's hand. You say, that's me. I know I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Squeeze your neighbor's hand. I wanna say a prayer for you. I wanna invite you to pray with me because the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now I just wanna invite you to do this because the Bible says, if we confess Jesus before man, he will confess us before his father. So I want you, if somebody squeezed your hand, I want you to lift their hand in the, in the air right now. Oh, wow, look at that, look at that. Come on, let's celebrate right now. Let's celebrate for all these hands all over this room. 
I'm gonna pray with you right now. Look at all these commitments, Pastor Mike. We're gonna pray together right now. And just so you know you're not alone, if that was you that's making this commitment, we're all gonna pray this together. And then we're just gonna go crazy and celebrate because when somebody comes home to the king, all of the kingdom celebrates. So, hey, let's all pray this together right now because something happens when we confess with our mouth. Let's pray this right now. Lord Jesus, come on, pray this out loud. Lord Jesus, we recognize you as Savior and Lord. And today, I declare you as my Savior and Lord. I confess that I've sinned, but today I repent and I come home to you. Now I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill my life. I commit myself to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Hallelujah.